The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Welcome into Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We are excited to get uh, everyone up up to speed on the opponent, which is the Chicago Bears. I got to get up to speed, man. Talk about a little bit of a delay there to start the show, guys. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, we are a little delayed in getting Aisha here. She, uh, her sweet little dog Congo, her service dog, had a uh, little bit of little stomach issues getting ready to come in here. So she'll be in here in just a little bit because I always love to get her thoughts on some of the X's and O's. Uh, as we talk about this Chicago Bears team that the Cowboys are going to face on Sunday at noon at AT&T Stadium. Ladies, let's get right into it. When the entry report comes out today, uh, you'll notice that Ezekiel Elliott mispracticed. And so that's concerning in the sense that they finally started to establish the run. Oh, look who just walked in. Oh, wait. Do we just have Aisha here? We do. Right on Jazzy. time. Right on time. Jazzy, Jazzy, Have Jazzy. her put her headphones on so she can hear this. Oh. There she is, our the birthday girl. girl. Happy birthday, Happy queen. birthday. How, I'm sorry you've had a tough day before you even walk in here. If you'll notice, I love the camaraderie of the girls on the show. We haven't been together that long, but feels like we've been <laughs> a sisterhood for years. Jess is one of the sweetest girls. She uh, brought in all these decorations and cupcakes for her, for Aisha. I love seeing y'all's <laughs> friendship and relationship grow. I'm a child, y'all. If y'all didn't know. <laughs> You deserve it. You deserve to Thank have a great birthday. So feel loved. Feel spoiled. You absolutely deserve yeah, it. Yeah, y'all's nephew. Uh, con- I, I'm fixing my camera, Jazzy. I seen it was janky. <laughs> <laughs> they be so tall before us. But uh, yeah, uh, Congo, y'all's nephew, his uh, his booty's on fire. <laughs> Poor little thing. <laughs> that was an. Uh, that was an. I guess an explanation from Jane. Jane tried to say it very nicely earlier yeah. that he had stomach issues. Yeah. So thank you for booty on out. fire. I'm going to use that next time I have to call into work. <laughs> I think uh, it's a valid excuse. So you haven't had a great day. What is what is one intention you have for yourself in 2022, 2023? Um, I don't – it's – I guess uh, what I'm working on is just my organizational skills. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the best at being, I guess, organized in a sense. And it's just interesting just because, like, a year ago this time, I think I had been living off my savings for a year as a newly retired veteran – I started really looking at football, well, doing football as an analyst as a career, and to be here like a year that. later is, yeah. um, I think it's important for people to see that you can do it, and I think I'm one of those people that is just an example of that, and I'm very grateful for it. So I just want to get better this year at what I do, at doing this, and um, grow as a woman, I guess, man. It's... 29, love you. 20 fine. Well, if I can, <laughs> no, I got to tell you, love you so much. You are oh, an example of just go ahead and shoot your shot because we put this out um, on Instagram <laughs> and you slid into my DMs and I happen to go over to the DMs that I of people that don't follow me. Your work was one of the more impressive pieces um, of women just doing it on their own on YouTube. And when we got you in this building and to have you on the show. The fact that you've only been really kind of working on this craft for a year is just, I mean, I've been at it for 18 years. So it is so remarkable. I'm so proud of you. And like I said, I love seeing the way that this group of girls has sort of come together. Yes. My own personal stuff. Haley, I know you've 
haven't had it easy as you're commuting from Waxahachie <laughs> and you've really stepped up oh when gosh, we needed girl. you to. So a little bit of girl empowerment. Uh, before you walked in, Aisha, we were talking a little bit about Ezekiel Elliott and the fact that he missed practice today. He's not dealing with a torn uh, PCL, which is what he was dealing with last year. And remember, he played through that. I remember talking to Zeke uh, ahead of the season, and he wasn't, he was more evasive about the injury last year. Finally started talking about this year, and he said it was in week four against Carolina, and it really slowed down his explosiveness. And that's when there was all this discussion about move on from Zeke. Well, because of his contract, you couldn't do that. But this is a big year for Zeke in the sense that it's a Tony Pollard contract year. They do have some wiggle room as it relates to his contract next year. Again, this is not the PCL entry, but he's dealing with a knee sprain. Um, the Cowboys' commit to, commitment to the run, I think, has been what has sort of been the secret to their success because this, and we'll get to it in the, in the second hour or second break, uh, the wide receiver room. Just not a lot of trust in it right now. And again, I'm going to be interested in your, your kind of thoughts on this. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott didn't play today. Do you bench him for this week? Sit him out. He's not going to want to. This is a guy that loves to play through injury. We saw it last year. He was able to come into the game after he was injured, hurled a, hurled a defender, had two rushing touchdowns in that one. But my my game plan for this is you've got a bye week next week, and then, of course, the Packers game is the following Sunday. So, in theory, you'd kind of give him about 16, 18 days of rest uh, if you don't play him this weekend. Do you think the Cowboys can get past the Bears, Aisha? by leaning on Tony Pollard. And like I said, this could be good for the front office to see if Tony Pollard is that dude as they're looking to figure out what to do with his contract or let him move on. Well, when you bring up defending the run, it's important to see that, you know, uh, Robert Quinn that played for the Bears is now with the Eagles. So they may get some help there in the run defense and that side. But I personally do think they could get away with him not playing this week just because of um, we haven't seen him in a while. But I think Malik Davis showed showed us some really good things in the preseason, being a, a, a physical runner and being a smart runner. Obviously, it's a concern because, you know, Zeke does a lot in pass pro, and that is difficult to replace because a lot of what he does is just instinctive, and mm-hmm. he just isn't in the right place at the right time. Um, but if they wanted to, which I wouldn't be surprised if they look at it because we've seen before Mike McCarthy don't play about injuries. He mm-hmm. don't play, and they're really looking at the long term um, this season, as you can tell. We're so early in the season, y'all. It's so crazy. It doesn't feel like it, but it's like – it's still early in a sense. Um, but uh, I think that they could get away with it. Um, will they? I don't know because, you know, you know how does he get down, y'all? Like, he want to be out there. He wants to be out there. And, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. But I do think that they could get away with it this week in particular with uh, Chicago's run defense. Yeah, I think he talked. Um, it kind of just goes back to the the whole conversation we were having about Dak, right? Where, like, someone <laughs> – where, like – there has to be a buffer between, you know, protecting the players. And Zeke said today it's he has every intention of trying to play and to get ready to play. But he said trying. Yes, trying to play uh, on Sunday to or on Sunday um, in the locker room after we spoke to him outside. He he just kind of described it as knee tightness. So I think that would be an improvement from how he felt on Sunday. But you can tell it obviously still bothers him if he's not practicing today. Um, but kind of just going off of what you said, like – no harm, no foul. You know, like, yeah. I think Tony's done a good job. I think, um, you know, elevating Malik as well might be helpful, too, in that uh, situation. But um, it also just kind of depends on how he progresses through the week, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think when 
you know, you look at the long-term effects of what an injury can be starting at this point. It's I would rather have him sit this week and then have his bye week to really rehab, rest, do what he needs to do, instead of this be something that lingers and gets worse and worse and worse. And then you're talking December football when Zeke is really needing to be eating and, and you're talking playoff contention and, and playoff settings and, and all of those scenarios when it's very important that they are playing their best football. They play their best football when you have Zeke and Tony Pollard with that one-two punch like you like to call it Jane and um, I think sitting him for this game doesn't hurt you in any way Um, you know like Haley said you have Tony Pollard who proves that he can be that guy but again you have that next man up mentality with this team so you have the younger guys you have the Malik Hookers you even have Rico Dowdle who I, I think you could have step up in these situations to see what they're made of you're talking about a younger team well you have depth within all aspects of this locker room really for a younger guy ready to step up so I think you know sitting him no player wants to sit especially when you have a player like Zeke who has that grit who has that fire in him but I think when you're looking at the long term of things it makes the most sense, especially dealing with the knee injury and seeing, you know, maybe it's not the same injury as last season, but seeing kind of what the knee injury did for him last season as far as his productivity. So I, I think sitting him this week makes the absolute most sense. Even though you know he's not going to want to, you do it anyways, and you think of the long term of this team and of his body. Well, and I think in particular, when we look at this, uh, the defense as it relates to the Bear against the runs, they are 29th in the league. So one of the worst, uh, where they really excel is in their passing D, mm-hmm. third ranked yeah. in the passing D. And how does uh, Dak Prescott do against a passing D? Well, he's four and five against them. I, I What was the, the, recep- the interceptions were kind of interesting, too, when I was looking at some of his mm. numbers. Um, uh, let me go back to where I found. Yeah, he's had 15 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions. And we were talking a little bit about last week. It felt like some of the throws, particularly in the Noah Brown one, when you're firing out like first play of the game, First drive. I didn't quite understand that I mean, one. That's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough throw, though. Rolling yeah. out to your left, to your to your left yeah. on the first play. I said, okay, we'll get. Okay, let us know something. <laughs> yeah, in this game. What we missed. I mean, dang, that, y'all trying to make. Oh, let us know then. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a tough pass. I, I I do think he had a couple plays where he was, you know, iffy or whatever. But well, he talked about it, Aisha. He said that because he was feeling so good about that thumb, and as much as these players say, I don't listen to the noise outside the building, you, I, I would see him in the locker room after, and he's human. We've talked about this before. Uh, but I think he wanted to go out there, and, and we had talked about this on the show. He's going to air it out. He needs to put it on the ground. But he even said, and Tony Romo, I don't know if you listen to the broadcast, sometimes Tony Romo can throw a little bit of shade. It's, so, it's like low-key, so right? Oh, it's it's low-key. It's a little salty. Um, but I'm he's, such a Romo truther. I'm like, I know. a little zip, bit. I'm, I'm just going to And look, we're not, we're not trying to disparage <laughs> no. uh, the no. nine god on Never. this show. But he did talk about how aggressive Dak was throwing. But in the pregame interviews, kept saying how patient he was going to be. Yeah. When Dak was asked about that postgame, he conceded, I've been a little overconfident, mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't have thrown some of those throws into double coverage. And so I think he is going to be uh, not conservative, but I think he's going to play a smarter game this week uh, just because I think he's going to go back to the tape and look at it. But look, I think the one thing that stood out to me, and we'll get into this, uh, this will be a nice little segue for us and tease this. How much confidence do you have in this wide receiver room? And more importantly, how much confidence do you have in the game that Kellen Moore is calling right now? Go Think ahead, about Haley. that, ladies. We'll chew on that on the other side Go of ahead, Haley. I hate when you This do is that. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 
At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. I almost asked you what day it was before this, but it is Wednesday, everybody. It is Wednesday. Let's talk NFL Plus. NFL Plus is here, which means no matter where you are, this is how you football. Get live, local, and premier regular season and postseason games on your phone or tablet, game replays, and even more. Go to plus.nfl.com to start your free trial of NFL Plus today. Outstanding. Uh, you know what else is outstanding? The fact that we've got the injury report. Haley, hit me with that. Yes. So we talked about Ezekiel Elliott. He did not practice today with that knee injury. Someone else who did not practice, Noah Brown, who mm. had a foot injury. He was off to the side um, working through with bands and whatnot. So that'll be interesting to talk to Mike about tomorrow. Uh, Malik Hooker also did not practice today. A hamstring injury um, elsewhere for the Cowboys. Devin Harper was limited Dalton Schultz was limited again, and Terrence Steele limited with a neck injury. So, um, as far as the Cowboys so go, ahead of the Lions game, yeah, you, know? you you said that too. <laughs> yeah. last I jinxed week. you guys. Well, jinxed I it. mean, a lot of it is that the Lions were very physical in this game. They, they were attacking. Yeah. They tackled. Those tackles were tackled. those those that. were dirty tackles. Yes. Oh no, I'm legal. Not, I didn't say y'all did. Le- <laughs> I did legal legal tackles, but man, they were they were hitting them hard. And that Noah Brown flip, that was, woof. Acrobatic. That took my breath away. Got yeah. something else for us, Haley? Yeah, I was just going to say quickly, uh, the Bears have two players who did not practice today. Um, offensive lineman Larry Borum and another offensive lineman, Lucas Patrick. All right, there you go. All right, well, ahead of the break, I wanted you guys to sort of get your, your thoughts gathered because I, I think I've brought this up uh, in recent weeks, but how much confidence do you have in this wide receivers room? And when Nui was here and I was doing Media Mash with some of the beat writers ahead of this podcast, we were kicking around – I did catch up with Jerry ahead of the game on uh, Sunday, and I said, do you see yourself getting out there as a trade partner? He said, only if there's a day on there. <laughs> uh, there's no day, day on there. Uh, and we can't say, by the way, because it's tampering, that you should make a trade with another team. So don't throw out any names. Sure. We get in trouble with the league uh, for throwing out names. <laughs> sure. But just hypothetically speaking, 
Do you think that that's an area that you would give up, say, a fourth round or a fifth round pick if there was someone that wasn't Dion, but Dion-esque in the sense that he could be an impact player on offense? Or are you sticking with the wide receiver group that we've got right now in hopes that given some time, Michael Gallup and Dak are going to actually get some meaning. I mean, they really haven't had meaningful playing time since last season. Uh, they have it, not just they really haven't. Um, and then CeeDee Lamb, it's like, you know, at some point, man, got to get consistent, have a breakaway. And then Noah Brown, I, I hated the game for him last week because I really thought he was sort of coming around and then we'll see what happens with his foot injury. But I do have, before I get you girls to, to weigh in on this, I do, I think, I've been really impressed with the rookie Titans and what they've been able to accomplish. I also think that they need to start getting the ball uh, to some of the running backs in the backfield. You know, why aren't, why aren't you getting the ball to Tony Pollard? Throw the ball to Tony. Throw the ball to Zeke. Uh, and so it's kind of a twofer when I go to you, Aisha. One, do you like the game plan that's been called as of late? And how much confidence do you have in the wide receiver room? And would you go out and make a trade? So I do think that this receiver core, I think that CeeDee Lamb needs a buddy right now. Um, because if you look at what's happening, like everyone talks about Amari Cooper and all that stuff. It, it is true. It, it, it is true um, that it is more difficult right now for this receiver core um, just because CeeDee Lamb's getting bracketed and they're counting on the other guy to make the play. And right now that's Michael Gallup, who I know we are very excited about, you know, coming back, but. ACLs take some time to come back from. I mean, see, seeing him come out of his breaks sometimes, actually getting into his routes, he's you know he's you can tell he's not completely there yet, and that's okay. Um, but defenses know that. Mm-hmm. They know that, right? They know that you know your receiver core is young, up and coming, and they're trying to figure things out. And so there there is a need for someone to take the top off. There is a need for that to happen. And if it's not going to happen with Kevontae Turpin. Then you need to. Uh, <laughs> Did you feel my head that was a very, right deli- that was a very oh, deliberate pause. So if it's not going to happen with Cavante Turpin anytime soon, um, then there, I do think that they could use someone who um, can come in and allow uh, C.D. Lamb to get a little bit more loose and stuff. He does a lot of slot work. Um, we're really that vertical threat is missing again right now, and with teams playing this too high shell and just betting you to making the Cowboys have to throw these underneath routes and stuff, they're going to have to hit on these big plays when they're there, and there's just not a whole bunch there unless it was like with penalty or whatever last week so I think that they could use another receiver in here right now just to put the bow on things and open up this offense a little bit more you know what you have in the run game so far let's see what else we got here and that's how I feel about it (laughs) no we were just laughing because remember yesterday when we talked about phrases that we use so much and yesterday I think I said tie a bow four times I'm so so. glad you caught on to what I was doing I also was gonna say we're gonna start doing responsible drinking games Uh, I was gonna say how come people don't have to take a shot when she talks about penalties but for me it's a drinking game but that's what happened last week is that big plays were taken away or that was actually it was a big play with Noah and he he fumbled you know early so I think that this the the problem is in the league is that the respect factor is a thing and these yeah. guys these the, these opposing teams see that you are not necessarily compromised at wide receiver but it's not anything ecstatic and another thing is a lot of the designs are designed for guys to get open so these guys are it's three receivers running out there they got to beat their man mm-hmm. so yeah. I do like what's happening play action is helping a lot with this offense because people understand that you actually will run the ball so that's opening up things now but there's going to come a time where they're going to have to win their one-on-one matchups and I don't know if we have guys that can do that consistently right now and that's what's happening 
on the um, on the receiving end, if that's okay. I'm done. No, 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 you're good. <laughs> I like earlier, like I agree with what you're saying. I think what it comes down to as well is like we've had one true week, not even one. You know, that's I think we've had pieces of what Dak Prescott can be this year. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to describe, you know, what the wide receiver room is capable of when the first week everybody sucked. And then, you know, subsequently you have your backup in and you have to build that rapport. By the time they built that rapport with Cooper, it was by Cooper. Welcome back, Dak. And and last week, like, the, it just wasn't in the cards. Now, it would have been obviously exciting if Dak would have thrown for 300 yards. CD would have scored twice. Michael Gallup would have gotten in there. Uh, but I just don't think that that realistically was an option. And so I think for me, of course, you always want to have playmakers. So in a perfect world, yeah, you bring in somebody who's going to be a playmaker to add some sauce to what there is. But we can't forget what these guys are capable of. Like the whole reason why everybody was so excited for Michael Gallup to come back was because of that, the verticality and the deep threat that he has. Uh, CeeDee Lamb moving into the wide receiver one. Like, he's still playing well. Like oh, yeah, he's absolutely. on He's on track for 90 receptions, over 1,100 yards. You know what I mean? So, I mean, this is a guy whose ceiling is there. I just don't think they've had the opportunities to really show what that ceiling is. And then Mike McCarthy didn't want to call it a trap game, but in theory that's kind of what it was, a, a team that struggles on a record level with your quarterback coming back. Like, it just the, – the pieces weren't there. So for me, I want to see one more week. I want to see what it looks like, you know, with Dak with a full week of practice. Mike McCarthy talked about that earlier today. Uh, and then we reevaluate. Okay, maybe Dak's feeling it, and we do need to bring somebody else in. That's and, fair. Yeah, and I think, yeah, to your point, too, um, I, I personally, I think if there's an option available, yeah, do it, of course. If it makes sense and it's uh, going to mesh well with the chemistry this team has already, sure. But also, I, I think uh, somebody that's very overlooked is James Washington. And I'm not saying he's the solve all. It, it's, it's all going to get better. But what I will say is, um, I, I'm just so thankful to be able to have the the ability to go in the locker room now because you see a very different side of the bond between these guys and he is acting as the veteran player behind the scenes with some of these guys and and I think that's very overlooked now the one of the guys he really acts like the big brother to is Jalen Tolbert we haven't even seen a lot of Jalen Tolbert so um, there's a reason for that yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but um, you know you have those younger guys and and I think to Haley's point exactly that you don't know what they're capable of yet because they haven't even had Dak for preseason you go back that far we didn't even get to see any of the preseason action with Dak and these younger guys who were playing the preseason games really all we've seen is last week and then week one Tampa Tampa Bay which really was is like a preseason 2.0 uh, when you go back to week one for the entirety of the NFL so I, I think if it made sense sure but also let these guys grow into their own. And, and um, you know, I think they do need the respect, but I also think they haven't been able to establish that respect across the league because they haven't had Dak. I think there's a there's a big difference between having Cooper Rush and having Dak because Dak is going to uh, build more of that rapport. And like we had talked about before he even came back is – these guys play harder when when Dak's in that pocket. They they play a lot harder, and and you can just see that morale boost. So I think, yeah, give it not even just a week. Give it a give it a couple weeks. See see what they're able to do. And of course, that trade deadline is uh, is there. So that's why we're having this conversation. I mean, but you the know. problem is the trade deadline's right around the corner. Yeah. And and in the past, when they tried this quarterback, I mean this wide receiver by committee, it sort of bit them. Right. The year that they moved on from Des, I felt like you were sort of getting the similar sort of meh production. 
Uh, and then they went out and they got Amari Cooper, and it it was transformative mm-hmm. yeah. for that room. The problem is I don't know if there's necessarily an Amari Cooper out there, but we didn't think there was an Amari Cooper out there either when <laughs> that thing hit. I'll never forget it was right after the bye, and that was when uh, Jason Garrett was at the Dodgers game in L.A. enjoying his time off, and then they make this, like, you know, this big— move i hear what you're saying about james washington i don't want to disrespect your take and i love that you've been able to be in the locker room and sort of establish this rapport with the players my concern about james washington some of these guys that you sign and we haven't seen a lot of they're going to say a lot of things because we haven't seen them right and so they're they they kind of sort of talk a good game and they develop rapport and they they do their thing but i go back to what he did in pittsburgh with ben roethlisberger as his quarterback there wasn't a lot there. And so he wasn't really signed to necessarily be this huge impact player. And so I guess my concern is, to your point, Jess, I think he's going to give you some depth. And then we'll see what happens with Jalen Tolbert. That I think they tried to throw too much at him. So he's a little, still a little bit more of a developmental project. Yeah. I, what I'm talking about is in the present, if you're going to go out there and you're going to give up a fourth or a fifth round pick, it needs to be an immediate impact player that's going to transform this offense. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to wait. Is there a guy out there like that that makes sense to give up something in order to get something? Or do you just hope that this team sort of figures it out? And I would submit that the teams that take that next step in the postseason are the ones that sort of go all in. And then when I look around, you know, uh, for instance, at the Eagles, I don't think the Cowboys have an A.J. Brown right now. They just don't. They don't have necessarily a player that you are worried. I think Mike, I'm bullish on Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup, give him some time and he can be your guy. But CD needs to be that guy, needs to be more consistently. Yeah. He's getting there. I was down on CD to start, but it's also why are you surprised you're getting double coverage? Yeah. And triple. You are the guy now. Well, yeah. And we saw that last week, though. Like we saw him get double, you know, double covered and. And Dak put that thing in there. Like, he just mm-hmm. he put the yeah. ball in there where it needed to be. And that, I think that is the difference that, obviously, that's the difference between Cooper Rush and uh, Dak Prescott. But that's also, to to Haley's point, that I think that we are in a unique spot where it's – well, the Cowboys are in a unique spot, rather, where they're going to have to decide whether they want to win now or just take the chance. Or it's like, okay, well, let's see, like you were saying, because I don't – I think that with the receiver core, I think Michael Gallup's going to continue to get better. Yeah, and that, and with that, with him getting better and healthier and things like that, that's going to take pressure off of CD. Because regardless of how we feel about like him getting double covered and he needs to to get the ball, there has to be somebody throwing it to him and has to be there for him. And it just helps the defense so much more when they know your two guy can't do it. What like, happens or, or if CD Lamb gets injured? I mean, ex- I'm not trying to put that out into the ether, but what happens if CD? I mean, you're one injury away away, away from. Having some uh, some big concerns mm-hmm. yeah, about that point. wide receiver group. It's a good point. I mean, the depth in the receiver room, it, it looks like there's some there. But how many of those guys does Dak trust? And, and yeah. does this team trust to go out there and, and play multiple snaps a game? So I do feel like we're in a weird situation because, like you said, our, the starting quarterback is just now coming back like midseason. Mm-hmm. So in st- most other teams, they're going into their buys or they're looking. They're like, oh, okay, well, we got time. We can look. The Cowboys don't have a good sample size, truly, of what this offense is in totality just yet. So they're in a weird spot. Whether I, I don't know what decisions are going to be made, but um, we're going to have to live with it regardless. <laughs> Yeah, I think with the... I love the nervous laugh from <laughs> Aisha. I'm nervous. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Um, yeah, I just think it, it's it's one of those things where 
Like you're darned if you do, darned if you don't, right? Because yeah. you can go out and you can find somebody who's going to come in and provide that depth, be that security blanket, and and hope that it works out the way the MRE trade does, or you know you get it and it doesn't work out, or you don't do anything and things stay the same. I think what's been so special about this team, and we talk a lot about the resiliency that they have, uh, I, I think what's special about it is they're resilient and that next man up mentality we talked about yesterday, it's just instilled and it feels like every single player on this roster. So I think, and I hate putting this in the universe, but again, like if something were to happen to CD or to whoever, I think that's when Jalen Tolbert goes, all right, well, let's go. You know, and I, the the example that comes to my mind is Deron Bland. You yeah, know, we've yeah. already seen that from that side of the ball. So you, I would think, just based on the energy, the chemistry, the cohesion that they have, if that were to happen, that's when your Jalen Tolbert step up. That's when you know. I know Simi is on IR right now, but when he comes back, that's whenever he says, you know, all right, here we go. It's my time. And I just think that that is the defining way of this roster right now. Is like. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. And check it out. We're five and two. Yeah. And I <laughs> well, think... and five and two because of the defense. Yes. And I think, yeah. I think my concern right now is that they're bending, but they haven't broken. Oh, they fine. Uh, <laughs> they might be fine, but you can't be going into these games, particularly against one of the worst defenses in the league last week against the Lions. Now they turned the corner after the bye week. But you're heading into the fourth quarter with like ten points. Mm-hmm. What I will um, say too that that kind of adds to this wide receiver discussion is you have two very great tight ends on the come up. You have Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot that really have I think taken all of us back. I mean to what they're doing as this dynamic duo and and uh, they have like nicknames all over the place now, which is how you know they're doing great. But um, I think when you add them in the mix and and you can get a little bit more of those tight end screens, you have more options here within the offense. Than than just the wide receiver core. So if you open it up a little bit more, you even have Tony Pollard that can go out and act as wide receiver if you need him to. You you know, there's there's other options here. You have Cavante Turpin, which everybody's kind of waiting to see what you know, role he could have in the offense. Um, to be honest, there was there was a point that was brought up uh, where I, I don't know how much we will see of him, and y'all know I want to, but um, you save him for the special teams, right? Because who do you have if Cavante goes down? I mean, Cavante's been productive in every way with those with those punt returns. So who do you have if, if something happens to him? C. God C. forbid. Lamb, who you don't want to see on special teams. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, I, that's where I came from. You know, so Tony. that's why I, I don't think we'll see a lot of Cavante in the mix there. But that's not to say you don't have you, – you're not just reliant on these wide receivers anymore. You have your tight end group. You even have Schultz that was being more productive, had, had his most productive game with Dak back in. So – um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I, I feel very confident when you open it up a little bit more to that discussion as compared to just the wide receiver. So court. it sounds like so it sounds like in listening to you there, you're kind of in agreement with me and the fact that Kellen needs to do a better job, I think, of in the in the absence of having a wide receiver room that is, by the way, when I look at the numbers, uh, this passing offense is 27th in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's crazy that their total offense is 29th. I mean, we're talking about a, an offense with Dak last year that was top five. Uh, it just sounds like you're not too far off in, agree- in agreement with me that Kelly needs to do a better job of calling the game a little bit to the strengths of some of these guys around him. And he's probably sitting here if he listens to this podcast and is like, shut up. This is what I do for a living, right? (laughs) Shut up. You know he Uh, listens every single day, Obviously. (laughs) Uh, But I just, I do think that you need to lean on some of these other playmakers uh, in the absences of your 
your passing game not being what you had hoped it would be this this season. To yeah. your point, too. Sorry, Aisha. No, okay. um, Kellen did apologize, you know, for. <laughs> his lack of use for Michael Gallup. This slipped my mind until I just remembered when you said Kellen Moore. Uh, But on Monday, he did say, like, look, that's on me. Like, I've got to find a way to get him integrated because we're not using him as the weapon that he is. Um, So I think it's cool that he's taking accountability uh, to get him back in the mix. So I'll be curious to see how what that apology if it's like a face value apology or if like we're actually well, he only doing had, it. What well, is it? He, fool me once, shame on yeah. you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We'll, well he only had two catches or two targets, zero catches in that game. Uh, you kind of want more out of Michael Gallup. But I also mm-hmm. think Michael Gallup and Dak in the past have sort of needed some they time. Take time. They take time yeah. and they've, you know, they, they tend to do a lot of work away from the facility. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, Dak and Gallup, even though it's a bye week, not taking a lot of time off during the bye week. I mean, probably mm. inviting Michael Gallup out yeah. to his field behind his house and saying, let's run as many routes as possible. Well, yeah. also to that point of what I just said about tight ends, look who did have a productive game, Dalton Schultz. So it's, again, you can utilize every single person with this within this offense now that Dak is back. And, you know, I, I don't think rust will be an issue as so much as it obviously was this week. But um, I, I think now that Dak has a feel, he's going to have his full week of practice. You have all of these options. And, and I think, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up in, hey, they're young players. There's so much that uh, that we could have. But also, when you look at having young players, I'm, I'm, I think long-term when I think of things and, and I think ahead, that could be so beneficial for the Cowboys when you're even th- thinking two or three years from now, having this young team and having them gel with Dak Prescott throughout that time. I, I just think in long term here, everybody, it- it's okay. The sky's not falling. But it's fans want to win now, Jess. Uh, and they're five and <laughs> oh, two, third in, the, in a, in third in the NFC East. And I don't think anyone expected the Giants and Eagles to be playing that the way they did. And NFC <laughs> hey, don't look now. You got the Commanders beating the Packers with. Te- oh, I've always thought Tyler Heineke. I think Tyler Heineke is a better quarterback. <laughs> Back Carson Wentz ever was. So yeah. I think this division could get real interesting. Uh, let's talk about as much as we talked about the importance of the run game for the Cowboys heading into this one. It's going to be really important for the run D to shore up uh, because let's talk a little bit about that three-headed monster that is Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, and Justin Fields. That'll be on the other side of our second and final break. It is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. 
The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. I just love our producer, Jazz. She is always full of such jazzy energy. So, Jazz, we don't give you enough shout-outs on the show. What's up on this Wednesday? Uh, This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jazz. Miller Lite is proud to bring you Q Barbecue Fest Dallas, located at Miller Lighthouse at AT AT&T Stadium. Join your Cowboys from November 4th through the 6th for some of the best barbecue in the country. Get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Sounds good. Thank you, Jess. All right, so the opponent this Sunday is Matt Eberflus, former defensive coordinator here for the Dallas Cowboys, three and four Chicago Bears. They are third in the NFC North, but look, while defensively, uh, you know, we can talk about some of their numbers because, I mean, look, uh, they're not, they're passing D. We said third in the league, third downs are like 30th, so they're kind of all over the place. Uh, It's their offense that sort of shocked me. When I was checking out their numbers, because as Mike McCarthy calls him an, an uncommon opponent, I'm not really looking at the NFC North that much during the season as I'm talking mm-hmm, about the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they are first in the league in terms of rushing. And here's why. They have got the three-headed monster in Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, and Justin Fields. They've combined for over 1,000 rushing yards and eight touchdowns this season. Shout out Khalil Herbert for saving my fantasy team every week. Um, The Cowboys have only allowed eight touchdowns this season, least amount through seven in franchise history. Uh, They lead the league in sacks with 29. This is going to be an all-hands-on-deck game to slow what they're trying to do offensively. And as much as we talked about um, the Cowboys, they need to step it up offensively. You need to step it up in the sense that you don't want the Bears to come out firing and starting to put points on the board where your defense is getting worn out and constantly having to slow down the run because the run is what tires your defenses, right? And so, again, you're not just focusing on one runner. We're talking about three. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles game, and for that matter, last week uh, against the Lions, they allowed the Lions to run, and they ran without DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the week before, when you had uh, Jalen Hurts, it was Micah Parsons who said he went to Dan Quinn and said, how do I get them to slow it down so when they're coming at me, I'm not getting taken advantage of? I'm paraphrasing there. Um, and so this is going to be a good test for them because, by the way, they're going to see the Eagles again in just a few weeks. Giants and Daniel Jones, you've now got to start to, start to take into account uh, what <laughs> yeah. he does with his legs. And so how did the Cowboys do that? Well, they went out and they signed Jonathan Hankins, who is a run stopper. If you're not familiar with him, uh, they got him via trade with the Raiders. Gave up, I think, a fourth-round pick uh, for the 10-year veteran. We'll see if he plays this weekend. I miss that, Haley. Did they say that he'd like be available to play? To. I think Mike they're McCar- working him in. Yeah, yeah. typically it takes hopeful, him a minute. Yeah. But, um, Mike McCarthy said, let me see him practice first. Yeah. Well, that it was, does help you know. that this isn't a guy coming in that's He's not fresh. Yeah, He's not playing so I think it's uh, well, sound like Mike McCarthy said that it's more just the communication and right. timing. He loves saying that and the timing, timing. But um, I, I don't know. I'm just preparing. I don't well, know. I think I think what's going to be important is you really kind of want to get Justin Fields on his skis. In other words, he's been sacked. This is crazy. This guy has been sacked the most in the league 27 times. Ouch. So it's all about getting that interior and outside pressure. On Justin Fields. In fact, he's only completing 56% of his throws. He's thrown six picks through seven games. 
um, if you force them to throw it, that's how you're going to catch them off. Where they're getting you is on the ground. I think the Cowboys are allowing, what, I think it's like 120 yards a game as it relates to rushing. It's a leaky run defense they've got to fix. How do you utilize Micah Parsons this week? I think they're 17th against the run. Um, so this week, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, like uh, when you're they're going 20th up against, against the run, it's 20th now. Yeah, even worse. 17th this one. Oh, okay, no. 20th. Okay, well, tater tots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that when you're playing teams that are heavy in the run, like these last couple teams the Cowboys have played, they like to go downhill. Um, I would like to see Micah playing more linebacker just because he just has such a command in the middle of that defense. And there's a sure difference um, just because he's so instinctive and he reads and reacts so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to see him play more linebacker this game. When you look at how the Bears run the ball, it's different than the Lions. It's 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 not they don't do a whole bunch of window dressing and fancy misdirection stuff. They really just like line up. <laughs> What's up? Like and that's and that's actually how it was interesting because when you look at the Patriots game last year against the Cowboys, they ran similarly to how the Bears ran against them last week, which is t- tight formations, um, four eye, like it's old school. Like, hey, no, we're just gonna run the ball, and can you stop it? They also put your defense in weird situations where if there's a free guy, like almost everyone's blocked up, almost everyone is blocked up, and so if there is a free human. That human has to make the play. Well, the player. That that player has to make the tackle, has to go make the play. So it's it's um I don't know, it's an interesting situation for this defense to be in. I think that it's gonna be a lot of gap integrity, just being disciplined, uh tackling, tackling. Uh the secondary may have to come up and tackle. I I don't think that they particularly tackled well this last couple of weeks. Dan Quinn said that's fine, I can say it too, I ain't gonna get in trouble. <laughs> um and uh, um until later in end games, but uh Yeah, they just dominated the line of scrimmage last week against the Patriots, and the Cowboys just can't allow them to do that because this team will thrive off of it. And once they get you in those weird situations, they mix a lot of stuff too, out of shotgun, pre-snap motion 58% of the time. Like, what y'all doing? What y'all? They they like um, I was I was creeping y'all. I was creeping on some of the, the Chicago people, and you got to. Um, and they were talking about how much how different this team looks. After the bye, that they they feel like they really went into the bye and said, okay, we can do this well, and this is what we're gonna do. So like a Detroit Lions yeah, team yeah. that we saw and, last and week. That's what, and that's what they the were no- not playing like the worst D. Why are y'all figuring it out when y'all gotta play the Cowboys? <laughs> Why y'all gotta wait? Why y'all gotta wait to <laughs> what's going on here? So yeah. I think you could see again like some of the RPO stuff. Of course, uh, Justin Fields is he feels the pocket. Um, I'm not sure if he has the mechanics in the pocket yet. So you can get him off his dime, and if you get him running, he will put the ball on the ground. So let's let's see what you let's see what you get, Cowboys defense. This is gonna be a test for them uh, defensively against the run, but it's more so just tackling and being sure and just taking care of business. I also wanted to make sure to mention too that during today's press conference with Matt Eberflus, he mentioned because they asked him, "You're coming off of a short week with a Monday night game. You know, is that a disadvantage?" He said that after their Week Six game against Washington, which was a Thursday night game, they used part of that practice week to prepare for the. Cowboys so he said technically we still had the same amount of time it's just a little bit more choppy basically so you can't even say you know there's a disadvantage with this short week and and them coming off of that Monday night game because 
it, it, from what it sounds like, the Bears have been using the last two weeks to prepare for the Cowboys specifically, not even just this short week. So I thought that was a very little interesting tidbit that he threw out there today. Because your boy, Matt Eberflus, didn't get a look here. <laughs> yeah. not in the, I'm not in the mood for you, Matt. I remember what you did with us, did to us against the, with the Colts. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was terrible. That offensive line came down there. The Cowboys defense was good. Mm-hmm. Colts offensive line was dragging them. I was like, what is this? And, and it's just the scheme. Like, they do alignment stuff. Like, this is not um, – but the center. The center. You said the center's name. That's important. I forgot. That's on the injury report. That's important because that center be moving people out the weight. Sorry. My bad, y'all. All right, Larry or Lucas? Uh, I think it's I think it's Larry. Um, Why well, you got to have two L's there? I know. <laughs> She's like, which is not jogging Lucas, my memory. Lucas Patrick, their center, he's questionable. It sounds like, well, mm-hmm. it, he's listed as questionable because he was limited in practice. That guy – Definitely can get to the second level and do something to you, too. All right. Well, before we wrap this one up, give me one pass interference and then we'll uh, we'll say goodbye. All right. This past interference is from RJ Ochoa, the GOAT from Blogging the Boys, who we all know. Uh, I admire. Jane admires. We love RJ. So shout out, RJ. RJ actually posted a video about this saying that the last time the Cowboys played the Bears in September, uh, that was actually September 25th. 2016 this was they won by the way throwing this out there they won 31 17 this was really the first game with the Dak and Zeke era Dak actually threw his first career touchdown during this game to Des Bryant so there you go a little good juju saying that they won throw up the x love it all right well I'd like to throw up all the big birthday wishes to you sweet Aisha I hope that uh, your evening is a little bit better than what your day was. And just so sweet of you to decorate the studio in favor of your bestie. (laughs) Love her. Love her. For all of us here on Girls Talk, uh, Boys Talk, we will see you next time tomorrow. It is Kelsey Charles in the host seat. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?